I'm Aaron Sagers, and this is Talking Strange. Hello, uh, spooky nerds. Aaron Sagers here, and welcome to Small Talk, a mini episode of the Talking Strange Paranormal Pop Culture Show. And for those of you that are checking out this video on the Patreon, as opposed to downloading the episode, you're going to see I'm in a bit of a weird environment. Looks like I've got odd lighting on me and I'm recording in front of a closet. That's uh, because I am. I am in, in front of a closet as it happens. I'm traveling for the holiday weekends and sometimes you got to make podcasts happen uh, wherever wherever you happen to be. Anyhow, uh, to kick things off, I want to remind you guys that we are giving away digital codes for the unrated edition of Megan, the movie about the evil AI child companion. So if you'd like to receive one of those codes, it's easy. Uh, send me an email sharing a story about a creepy encounter with computers or artificial intelligence. And if we read the story, you get a code. That's how it works. Real simple. There's only a limited number of codes available, so let's get it going. And you can email me at uh, talkingstrange at denofgeek.com. So I want to say, speaking to the Patreon folks out there, it was a great week over at patreon.com slash Aaron Sagers. We did a live stream movie watch and a trivia of uh, Beetlejuice to celebrate its 35th anniversary. Obviously, the movie holds up. I love it. And um, it was a super close trivia night with Alicia coming in second place with 350 points. And then out of nowhere, racing to the front at the last minute for 351 points was Alfonso. And it was a great, uh, great trivia contest. Also, if I do say so myself, I created two cocktails for it. The Bio Exorcist, which I used chartreuse and cachaça. And a little bit of Midori and pineapple juice and lime. I quite enjoyed it. We're not calling it an ecto cooler. That's already taken. And plus, that wouldn't apply to this. It's the bio exorcist. The other drink I made was the Deo the Dead, which is a riff on a classic tiki cocktail, banana daiquiri-esque type of drink. And we punched it up quite a bit and uh, nice and boozy, very tasty. And, um, you know. It, it, it'll it'll do the job on you. Anyhow, also I want to shout out to some supporters. Stephanie, Jay, Kim, thanks for your support. And I hope you're digging the spookiness, the tiki cocktails, and the, the general nerdiness over at the Patreon. So let's dive in. Let's get to the stories. First one up comes to us from Dawn. We've heard from Dawn before. And her story is subject line, Lemp Mansion. Now, let's let's get let's hear from Don. During a trip to St. Louis a few years ago, I wanted to drop in and tour Lemp Mansion with a friend of mine. I'd been there before and spent the night with a paranormal group of 10 people several years before, and there wasn't much activity, at least not that I experienced or felt. My friend had never been there and wants nothing to do with ghost hunting, so I thought that showing her the mansion, which I had fallen in love with, during the day would keep her anxiety for the paranormal away. Upon arrival, we were greeted by the host. And I explained that my friend has never been there and I was excited for her to see the place. And he told us to go ahead and walk around and that the guest rooms were empty. My friend and I head up the stairs. She headed up the stairs ahead of me 
And as I was behind her, I felt a heaviness. It's really hard to explain it, but it felt like something was pushing me back almost. Like I was trying to walk through a wall of water or a waterfall. My friend was already at the top of the stairs telling me to hurry up already. Not wanting to freak her out, I told her, I'm coming. As I slowly made it to the top of the stairs, I felt really queasy and felt that way throughout the entire tour. Once back downstairs on the main level, felt totally normal. Can't explain this, and I'm very anxious to go back and hopefully investigate again. So what do we think about Dawn's story? It's, uh, it's, it's a brief story, but I think it is an interesting one because it just it, it highlights that it's like all of us have that spidey sense, that, that danger sense, and the spidey sense sometimes tingles, and we don't always realize exactly why, and, and it feels different for everyone. I know it's some people get a headache or a pressure. Other people get like this weird full chill. Um, it's, it seems like it's unique for a lot of people, but I think that it's something that we need to pay attention to because nature teaches us to, right? If you're walking around in uh, the woods and suddenly everything gets real quiet and you feel this hush settle on the area, it, it feels like a danger sense feels like there's a predator nearby. Or if you're in a, I don't know, walking down the street and you feel like you're being watched or you feel like I shouldn't be here. I feel uneasy. Sure. Maybe part of that is just environmental. It could be maybe that you're moving through a liminal space and that can make us feel a little unsettled, or maybe there's something to it. Maybe there really is some sort of reason that your spidey sense is tingling. So I think paying attention to that is uh, really good, and it's good to appreciate that sensation and trust it. When we know, we just know. So that actually kind of segues partially to the second story. It's a little bit different, and it's a bit serendipitous because Dawn's tale reminds me of feelings of the unusual. Also, it's a nice coincidence because for the main Talking Strange episode this week, I speak with Mark Jenkin, who is the director of the Cornish folk horror in its main and it's definitely a slow burn movie or requires uh, patience and I don't mean that in a, a negative way it means like it really requires you to sit and watch it but in that interview we talk about sort of his haunting use of color in the film and it really pops because it's shot in 60 millimeter and it's very kind of grainy so that that the color really pops when he does utilize it and the main character wears this red rain slicker and that ended up being something of an unintentional homage to one of his favorite movies, which is the 1973 film Don't Look Now, where similarly there is a red coat that plays an important role in that film. So with that preference, preface, this story carries the subject line, The Red Glasgow Ghost, submitted by Aaron. Okay, it's submitted by me. I'm Aaron. It's my story. I submitted it. Uh, I figured you guys send in these tales, so I decided to share one of my my own. Quid pro quo and all that. So a million years ago, baby Aaron lived in Glasgow, Scotland for a short amount of time. It was a strange time when I was in college, but also kind of not. That's a whole separate story, but it was just a, a both adventurous and weird time in my life. I was into the paranormal. I was, I've loved this stuff since I was a kid, but it certainly wasn't a career. 
and I had no designs or even idea of it being part of a career path. That didn't come later until, you know, I became a regular journalist and then somehow started doing the ghosty and paranormal stuff for jobs. But I had no friggin' idea what I was doing that at that time in my life or what I wanted to do with my life. There's no clue. So I basically was a poor student in Glasgow who would enjoy a pint of Guinness at the Irish pub, Genty McGinty's on Argyle Street. Then I'd go to the movies. There's also a cinema over there. Hit the art museum. I also spent a lot of time in the necropolis. So the City of the Dead, it was established in 19, 1832. It covers close to 40 acres of grounds. There's about 50,000 people buried there. But most of those people don't have monuments. Some don't even have a headstone or a marker uh, for their name. But it was this lovely place. I mean, cemeteries are peaceful and force you to reflect. And this was just so gorgeous to walk around in. Very, very relaxing for me. But also it did get quite spooky because you just wouldn't see another person walking around for long stretches of time, maybe an entire day. Sometimes you would, but not always. So there was this one day that I was walking around. It was a perfectly sunny day in Glasgow, which is pretty rare. And it was during the autumn. It was brisk, chilly, but not bitterly cold. Even with the sun, there was that dampness in the air. So it's Scotland, right? Of course there was. So I was in this area. I was looking at headstones. Nothing ancient. And again, the the necropolis was established in 1832. But... I turn, I walk, I walk a bit more and didn't expect to see anyone. That would not have been unusual if I had not seen anyone. I really thought I was alone. But then I see this woman in a red sweater. It's modern enough looking clothes and she was not nearby. It was almost like um, sort of sort of like a, an aisle or two a row or two away in the cemetery so i could see her and i could make out some details and then others were not entirely clear but she's walking around she has this red sweater now let's i i want to make clear here i am not following this woman like a creep but this was unusual and i just felt compelled to watch her like i'm I'm just aware of her presence there. And we kind of happened to be moving in the same direction. I don't know if she was moving first and I was moving or if we were just kind of moving on parallel paths or what, but we're moving the same direction. And, and I'm kind of, kind of like clocking her a little bit. It's, uh, like Han Solo said, right? Keep your distance, but don't look like you're trying to keep your dis- distance, you know, fly casual. So she walks ahead always just kind of far away, but not too far. And then I lose track of her. Okay, whatever, no big deal. A person in a graveyard, you saw him, you don't see him. Okay. So I keep walking, I keep exploring. And a few minutes later, I stop dead in my tracks. I'm standing at a headstone. Now, at the base of this headstone is a sweater a red sweater, her sweater. And it is spread out on the ground. 
arms stretched out. It's pristine. It's dry. It's laid flat. And let's face it, in Scotland, nothing really stays dry on the ground for very long. It was like I was supposed to see this. It was very unnerving. And automatically, I felt creeped out. Basically, just noped the F out of there. Now, I think I would have more presence of mind to soak it in more today. Again, baby Aaron was in a different part of his life, different journey. Fascinated with this stuff, but it's I'm a little further down the road of life now. So I think now I would respond differently. I would observe. I would take note. I would at least try to document the headstone, which I did not do, and I still kick myself to this day. I remember it, it w- did belong to a young person, and it was a woman, but that's about it. But I was creeped out. Looking back, I do not think whatever I may have interacted with was harmful. Was it a ghost or did some woman just decide to ditch her sweater in a graveyard on that brisk Glasgow day? I don't know. I don't think so though. I don't think it was just some woman shedding layers, even reflecting back. I recall that feeling of not rightness. I know that's not really a term, but as in something about this is not right. As if this is a moment, like my brain locked into that sensation. This is a moment. This is unusual. And in my years since doing this paranormal thing as a job, I have more questions than answers. I operate with more theories and ideas as opposed to beliefs or rules. But something I tend to circle back to is that whatever is out there, or, or one of the whatevers is out there. So I do think there is more beyond just this, this husk. But whatever is out there, whatever layers of things are out there, I think some of those sometimes just want to be seen, to be observed. I think most ghosts, quotation marks around ghosts for the best label we have for it, but it still seems... Uh, ineffective it seems not quite precise but I think most ghosts just need and want to be witnessed or maybe this was just a specter that wanted to shed a layer of clothing on a sunny but brisk day in Scotland so anyhow that's my tale from the past and Love to hear your thoughts about it. Love to hear your input about it. And I want you I want you to share your stories about hauntings, strange encounters in the woods, unusual lights in the sky. You got a cryptid or UFO story. Let me know about it. Have, have you had an encounter with a bizarre human, a, a person that just made your skin crawl at the deepest level? Any near misses with danger or violence even that maybe some instinct maybe your spidey sense guided you to safety tell me about it send it to talking strange at denofgeek.com also send in guest suggestions ask questions about the show or about me if you'd like again talking strange at denofgeek.com 
I'm Aaron Sagers. This has been Small Talk, a mini episode of Talking Strange. And my friends, my spooky nerds, until next time, be kind, stay spooky, and keep it weird. Talking Strange is a part of the Den of Geek Network, available wherever you listen to other podcasts. If you like what we're doing, share Talking Strange with your friends and fellow spooky nerds. And please, subscribe, rate, and leave a nice review. If you have a strange or paranormal story you would like to share with us, please email talkingstrange at denofgeek.com for a chance to have it read on a future episode. For video episodes of Talking Strange, check out twitch.tv slash denofgeektv and youtube.com slash denofgeekus. And please follow at TalkStrangePod on Twitter and at Aaron Sagers on Twitter, Instagram, and Patreon for more paranormal pop culture content. Mm-hmm.